Welcome back, everyone, to the Call to Action podcast. Jeremy, it's been a week. We we know that everyone missed us. Yeah, clearly. Yeah, I mean, who wouldn't? Sorry, but we're back. Yeah, we're back. It, it felt like a long week. It really did. I, I felt like I was missing something. Yeah, not being on the podcast, I didn't know, I didn't know what to do. I mean, I had Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah, being with my family great. too long was just too much, <laughs> you know? I just missed being on the podcast. I, I agree, but we're back, and it's a special week. It is. Cha- championship week. It's finally here. We've been waiting all year for this, I feel like. The Marathon MAC Football Championship mm-hmm. takes place this Saturday at Ford Field, noon kickoff, and uh, I'm I'm pumped. We have two yes. teams. And we have some footballs. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> No, I think... Um, I think it's important. I love the noon kick. I don't know. I don't know about yeah. you. I, yeah, I do. I like waking up. You know, we 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 get to go and stay in the Detroit Renaissance Hotel, which is very nice. You get to get up early in the morning, take in like the full scene of Detroit, which I love. And uh, yeah, you get to wake up and have have some early game football. I love we do, it. We do start off the day. Yes, and our game starts off the day, exactly. which is great. I I do like that. There's something about a night know, kick. Yeah. Yeah, Something I about mean, the night kick. I love I love both. A championship game, we've said it repeatedly on this podcast, that we love championships. We love that final game. doesn't matter when we play, but, you know, it's dark outside. I don't know. I don't know. That's just me. Yeah, I, that's weird. It's I don't know. It's just uh, Friday. We do, we do for those night games. We do get to stay another night in Detroit, which makes it nice. I mean, yeah. you get to take, yeah, we're, ta- we're take down in the town back. a little bit. So We'll be traveling, uh, heading up to Detroit on Friday. Yep. We have press conferences that day, and the a team couple walkthroughs. Yep. Teams will have their walkthrough. Uh, we haven't even talked about our teams. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Central Michigan and Miami playing in the game. Uh, Central Michigan getting a big win over Toledo on yep. Friday, and to to clinch that spot in in the championship game. And like I said, we'll come up Friday. We'll do the whole press conference deal. We're going to stream our press conferences on yeah. Twitter. Yep, live on Twitter. On Friday, and hear from uh, both head coaches, a couple student athletes from both teams. They'll do their walkthrough. We have a couple meetings. It's a busy time. We'll wake up. We'll have a game, and then we're going to be back home. Well, it's listen. Quick. I think. Well, I think we're skipping over the most important part of of this whole thing is that we're going to have some great guests on the podcast. Hopefully, yeah, it's going to be a great week. Yeah, we. Uh, we I don't want to spoil it just yet. Okay, that's yeah. fine. That's we fine. Still, we still secret. have some things in the works that yeah. I don't want to jinx. L- lots of big things. Yeah. Uh, but well, just know it'll be a big week. Yeah, we're gonna be talking football all week. Yep. Uh, and a, a thing I won't, I will spoil for everyone, is that there should be three shows coming this week. Yeah. Three, three oh. action-packed episodes. Football packed episodes. Let's go. We're, we're we're gonna be back in full swing after the holiday, uh, rejuvenated for sure. You thought two times was a week was was too much of our voices. Yeah. You you thought wrong. <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna get three. But we are going to have some special guests on, and hopefully they take away from you having to hear our voices. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and and it should be uh, a lot of fun. And uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to this game. Uh, yeah. I think it's anyone's ball game, like we've always seen. Going to be hard to uh, follow up last year's game. Last year's game, yeah, was impressive. Game. Was wild with uh, NIU storming back to defeat Buffalo, uh, thirty to twenty nine, in last year's game, and. It was it was one for the ages. Yeah. Um, the only other game that's top of mind to me, uh, championship game wise, was in Same NIU Kent State when they were both ranked mm-hmm. in the country and it went uh, double OT. Um, nice. With NIU winning and then you know they would go on to go to the Orange Bowl. So that that game was 
massive. Yeah. Uh, that's I probably the biggest, the 2012 championship game. But this one I has know. all the makings. I know. I haven't. I haven't. I mean, I haven't been around as long as you, so you know more than me. But but last year was was awesome. Yeah. I, I had a great time. I mean, everyone thought Buffalo had it in the bag at at halftime, and you know. Yeah. That's football. You got to play. Got to play a full four quarters. Yeah. So. Yeah. So I, I'm really looking forward to. Uh, this week's game, and we'll be tra- traveling together once again. Yeah, another road been, trip been for too us. Much, too much. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, yeah. We, well, we just sit in that car, you know, together well in that in that big car for no reason. It's not a far drive. No, no. It's you'll it, it you'll survive. Nice. And the scenery is just incredible. Yeah, <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait. I know. Ford Field's great. Uh, all the people that we deal with at Ford Field are tremendous to work with. And it's always a, a great time and championship experience for our student athletes oh and yeah. coaches. And I think we all walk away from that event just really pumped about the job we all did. Yeah, I agree. We always produce great content. We uh, bring in a couple people that, that really help us uh, up our game, I would say, and, and really do a great job for us. So uh, we always appreciate any volunteers that we can get and, and people that help us out. So it, it's always a fun weekend for sure. Yeah, and outside of the championship game, we also um, – we have eight bowl eligible teams. The yes, final number is eight bowl yeah. eligible teams. Uh, I think that speaks uh, largely to the depth of the league. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I knew, I know, coming into the season, uh, we knew that our rosters as a whole across the league were were very young. Yeah. So uh, I think we have a lot of talent, a lot of young. Absolutely, and a, and a couple, you know, really not just young teams, but young coaches as well. Yeah, it, with success, you know, with Sean Lewis, Jim McElwain, you know, teams like that, they really showed out this year and, and made a name for themselves. Yeah, I think uh, there's a lot of players in the league this year that are sophomores, juniors. Even we have some freshmen that have really shown out this year. Yeah. It's going to be fun to see them for years to come, for I sure. Was, I was just going to mention, like, Jarrett Patterson. This, like, oh. the, pa- the past two weeks, the guy's been on a roll. 11 touchdowns the last two weeks yeah. for Jarrett Patterson. And we found out that Buffalo's going to go uh, – be in the Bahamas Bowl this year. Yeah. Yeah, we found that out uh, Sunday. Found that out on Sunday, Mm -hmm. and uh, they'll be playing Charlotte in the Bahamas Bowl. Uh, Tremendous experience, I'm sure. I've never been to the Bahamas. Have you? Uh, Yes, actually. You have? My family took a couple trips to the Bahamas. My my family loves the Bahamas, actually. Oh, okay. Big Bahamas guy. Never knew. Yeah. Well, Even I'm learning something on this podcast. I know. I know. Yeah, but that's a, uh, clearly, all of our bowl destinations are great. I saw the video. I don't know if you saw the video of those guys finding out. I love yeah. the videos when they find oh, out yeah. what bowl game they're going to. And uh, I think s- uh, Charlotte did the same thing. Their yeah, head coach walked head coach. out in a, in a scuba outfit yep. to let them know. And the Bahamas Bowl um, reveal is always a, is yeah, they, always they, a great yeah, video. Yeah, they're always very hyped for the Bahamas. Uh, so can't blame them. Yeah, blame them. yeah. So the, they'll be packing their bags and heading down there. We should find out the rest of the bowls uh, this coming Sunday. Uh, where all of our teams will be headed, and uh, again, there there's so many for we're we're stacked for years to come. We yep. have a lot of young yep. talent in this league. That I mean, you like we just talked about. Jared Patterson is a sophomore for Buffalo. He just rushed for 296 yards mm-hmm. and six touchdowns. Yeah, after in, in following one, it up, yeah, after in one game after following up a five touchdown performance. Yeah. Uh, and again, he's only a sophomore, and we have Brett Gabbard, uh, Miami's. Uh, starting quarterback who we'll be seeing on Saturday uh, yep. has had a great year, a large part of their success. Uh, and so you could go on yeah, and on go with, with, yeah, with for sure. all the young talent we have in this league. But, um, uh, yeah, that's it's it's incredible that we have eight 
uh, bowl eligible teams and we'll see where they all land. Yeah, well, I guess we should talk about the teams that will be playing on Saturday, right? Yeah, who do you want to talk about first? Yeah, well, I chips. I yeah, let's get into the chips. Yeah, uh, well, I think the story's been told yeah. uh, over and over that they were picked last. Yeah, one and in eleven <laughs> last year. One in eleven, and they were picked last by the media in the uh, MAC preseason poll. Uh, in fact, there's a sign I heard that uh, Coach McElwain has mm. a sign in his office that just reads "dead last." Oh, that's great! <laughs> I <laughs> hadn't heard uh, that. And so he his quoted, you know, that's what people think of you. Let's go out and prove them different. And they have clearly great, yeah. done all season. One of the biggest turnarounds. Uh, uh, might have to fact check here, but I think they're tied for the biggest turnaround uh, with Memphis in I didn't the country. I didn't realize that they were 6-0 and at home this year. Yeah. Never lost really impressive. Never I mean, lost for a first-year head coach, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, you know, Coach McElwain has done a – Fantastic job yep. uh, turning the, the season program around. I yep. shouldn't say the season around, but turning the program around this season. Uh, and again, one of the biggest turnarounds in college football. They have not lost at home. Uh, their losses this year. Uh, they Wisconsin, Wisconsin. Miami, Miami Florida. Yeah, yep. and then they lost a rivalry game to uh, Western. Yep. I believe the other one was Buffalo. Buffalo, yep. yeah. You know, there's four losses right there that um, – you shouldn't be ashamed of. No, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, four, you're, you're going to have bad games, and that's just what it is. But the the consistency was there all year that I think no one expected from the Chippewas. Right, yeah. They went out and, like the sign said, prove them different. Yep. And they mm. have proved everyone wrong and proved everyone different. It was a great scene seeing uh, Coach McWayne get soaked by the yeah. you know the Gatorade yeah, bath. Yeah, the Gatorade bath. Yeah. After Always uh, a classic. Yeah, after the game on Friday and to see uh, – I forget. I think Jonathan Ward was one of the student athletes, but another student athlete, you know, leading the band, and yep, they were pumped. He rushed over for a uh, thousand yards. Yeah, uh, he got over that landmark. So congrats to Jonathan as well. I mean, yeah. huge accomplishment. Yeah, he's been he's been great. He's all been year. great. Uh, you know, um, Lazaro. Yep. And um, Quentin Dormandy. Yeah, Quentin Dormandy have been tremendous this year uh, at quarterback, and um, I think the Chippewa faithful. We'll be very yeah. excited to make the drive over. Uh, I hope so, from man. From Mount Pleasant, and I hope, th- yeah, I hope, I hope both sides clearly bring yep. fans. Uh, it's always more fun in Ford Field when uh, people bring fans. So buy your tickets now. Yeah, nice. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, let, let's get to the other side of the coin, I guess, right? Should yeah, we, sure. We go to Miami and 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 Chuck Martin and his st- uh, his uh, crew. Yeah, Chuck. Chuck Martin, uh, Miami's been sitting there waiting to see their opponent now for a couple weeks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, they they have, they come into the game with a 7-5 and five, uh, overall record. Uh, they lost to the likes of Ohio State, Cincinnati, yeah. Iowa, uh, Western Michigan as well. And then this past weekend, Ball State. Uh, but, you know, yeah, that was, a, that was a tough game. I know they didn't play Gabbard the whole game. Yeah, right. Um, and and largely in part, they probably tried to get some rest for their guys for this upcoming championship game. It's a, it's a big one. It's their first time back since 2010. Yeah, uh, they won the game. I don't know if we mentioned that it's the first time back for the Chippewa since '09. Yeah, and they won. They had a guy on their team. I don't know if you know him, uh, Antonio Brown. Heard of him in in '09. Yeah, uh, booming. Maybe maybe he's coming to the team. Yeah, the game. we've heard we've heard some. You things. never know. We, we, yeah. We, Tweeted, tw- he put a tweet out there. He, he did. wants to show the support. We'll see. Yeah, we want you to come too, AB. So, <laughs> uh, 
we want everyone to come. Yeah, come through on the podcast. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Welcome anytime. Um, but I do want to just just touch on. I've, I mean, I've been here for three years, and I feel like Miami's always been on like that cusp mm-hmm. of like getting to the the championship game, and and just like not getting there. Uh, I saw a thing that um, Coach Martin was four and twenty six in his first Mid American Conference games, his first thirty games, and now he's twenty two and seven in his last twenty nine, which is the best uh, in that span. Something's working. Yeah, it's a, no, I mean it, it's just like he's been on consistent, and it seems like an upward trend, and, and now it's their opportunity. Yeah. So I, I think that's great, and and as we mentioned, you know, we have a bunch of young guys in this league, like Brett Gabbard, and to lead this team to a, a MAC championship in his first year is pretty awesome. We talked about Central being undefeated at home. Miami also undefeated at home mm. this year. Well, get it done at home. And yeah, you, you, got, you, got, you always need that home cooking. Yep. Uh, <laughs> and uh, and they clearly have. This is their fifth championship game. Again, the last time they were involved in the championship game uh, was in 2010 where they defeated NIU. Um, they have a previous uh, championship win in uh, 03. That's when we were not at Ford Field yet. That was a campus game. and. They had a guy, uh, I don't know if you know this guy either, uh, uh, Ben Roethlisberger. Oh, wow. <laughs> Ring thing, things just overlap. They Ring come fu- They come full circle that's for when us, they, uh That's so long ago that they defeated Bowling Green in the championship wow. game. Wow. BG was in the West. Then. Oh, wow. So a uh, little nice. nugget for that you. Is a, that is a good nugget. That was the year, uh, my graduation year, but I was out. I was out. Okay. Already, sure. but yeah, I graduated We're all surprised that summer. you graduated, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's been well documented. Yes. But yeah, they... Um, the Red Hawks are coming in uh, really on fire. They, they've been playing great football. I was going to say, they've won just, I mean, obviously they lost their last game to Ball State, but before that they had won six straight. So they've won yep. six of seven games coming in here. And uh, like we just mentioned, they had a really tough uh, non-conference schedule with games against, you know, Cincinnati, who was who ranked, just lost to Memphis this week, but still a really strong team. And then Ohio State and Iowa. And so, yep. yeah. Well, yeah, you you prepare yourself for the conference season, obviously, with games like that. Exactly. How would you, if you were a coach, what would you do? How would you how would you mix up that non conference schedule? Would you go? Oh man. Would you play? <laughs> I'm <the> no coach. <laughs> I, I realize that <laughs> we deal in hypotheticals on this show. Yeah, right. If if you were, would you try and get a couple S- wins under your belt? Nope. Stack no. it up. Stack I, it. I want people playing. I want us playing the the toughest teams that we can. Stack it up. Well, yeah. I mean, it clearly helps. I think it helped Miami. We've seen it with Kent State this year. Yeah. They hit a huge non-conference schedule uh, yeah loaded and i mean listen like it's it is all about like keeping players healthy and stuff at at that point of the year and i i understand that so i understand you know scheduling is is tough it's it's not easy especially in college football but yeah i'm i'm stacking that non-conference schedule no matter what yeah I i think it's always good i'm a big uh i'd like to play if i was a coach yeah i'd like to play all d1 teams yeah. i'd like to play all fbs teams but i would pr- try and schedule you know one at home that i thought i could definitely yeah get a win i think going to uh like an ohio state like a uh, michigan what whatever you want to say lsu i could go on and on yeah is a good student athlete experience to oh play for sure yeah a- as well and probably a good recruiting tool like hey we're playing such and mm-hmm. such come up uh, yeah, whatever and, and you're gonna have the opportunity to play these guys uh i think that's great for experience-wise, uh, and it, I'm sure it does prepare your team. Well, it's so interesting because I agree with that as well. But in in taking back what I said, almost it, it like, do you really want to go into conference play being 0 and 4 and playing, you know, these these crazy right. teams that you really 
look at, like, wow, we're overmatched. And yeah, my I'll probably take the real boring answer of let's schedule two games that we really okay. think <laughs> we can win, <laughs> and let's get two on the schedule that yeah. will build us and, and get a good student-athlete experience. And, hey, we didn't even talk about the money part. Yeah. I and, mean, you know, so you get paid to play some of these big dogs, and yeah. that's, a, that's clearly a, a big thing as well. So I, I was just curious, you know, we're no, sitting here talking. Yeah, a good that's question. good. That is a good question. What are, you, what are you most looking forward to in Detroit other than the game? And riding up with you, that, dude. <laughs> every week it seems like you got see right through something me. to say. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Um, a lot of lot of good food in Detroit. Yeah, we always have some good food in Detroit. Yeah. Um, yeah. For those, by the way, for those listening, I we have our favorites, and I don't want to give them out on the the air, but we want to yeah. hear if you're that's if you're true. Listening, that's true. We always take suggestions. That if you're listening, you know, tweet us at Call Them Action mm-hmm. uh, and and give us some Detroit food finds. Mm-hmm. We usually have to rely on people in our office. Yeah, yeah. we do. We yeah. do, and Not and people from Ford Field, yeah. I think we we rely on them as well. And they sometimes. do a good job, but you know, you gotta you gotta. Diversify your portfolio. We have a say. few favorites. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to doing more podcasting up there. Yeah. I, I really am. That's I, true. That's I, true. I'm looking forward to a lot of times on this show, we're calling people. And I think it will be nice to have people in person. Is this our first time on the road? Uh, I think yes. it is. Uh, no. Athens. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's we right. were on the road Forgot in about Athens. That. Yep. A- and that was fun. It was fun it to was. actually sit down and yeah. see a face that you're talking <laughs> yeah. to. It yeah. makes it easier. And I think uh, that's one thing I am looking forward to. This is the first time that we're doing the podcast deal uh, at the championship game. And so I think that will be a lot of fun to sit down. I hope we can come up with a a good show for everyone uh, and some fun stuff to talk about. Not necessarily just focusing on the field stuff. Yeah, should be a good time. Well, all this football talk, I think we should bring on a guest that knows Mac football better than maybe anyone. Like the back of his hand, probably. Yeah, yeah. our deputy commissioner, uh, Bob Generelli, has been in this office uh, ever longer s- than you. Yeah, and that's saying something. He's the only person longer than yeah. me. Yeah, and uh, he is—he uh, kind of oversees all the football stuff from scheduling, officials, you name it, uh, bowl games. Yeah, all he's that. he's got his hand in everything, and and, and the championship game. Mm-hmm. So I thought it'd be fun that we bring him on to talk about not only the championship game, but maybe the bowls, maybe some talk about the scheduling thing. He's I think got, a lot of people he, well, I think he's got a lot of great stories. I mean, he's worked in college athletics for 30 plus years. Eons. Yeah, sure. Eons. Millennium. We'll and having Bob on this show will hopefully answer a lot of fans questions that they yeah. might have about, Hey, why is our team playing in the middle of the week and not on the weekend? Or uh-huh. why is our team go to this bowl game and not that bowl game? And why do you do this and this? And, and I think, uh, he, he has it all. He's, he's got all the behind the scenes knowledge that you guys might want to know and, and need to know. So with that, let's bring on Bob Generelli. Next, we bring in Bob Generelli, Mid-American Conference. He is our Deputy Commissioner, COO. I like to label him our Chief... Everything Officer? Historian, football historian, CFH. CFH. <laughs> College football historian. Bob, how you doing? I'm good this morning. I, I would I, guess I would consider myself the institutional memory of the conference. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Bob's, as we've mentioned on the podcast before, Bob's the only one on the staff... Well, I guess Betty as well, but 
that's been here longer than I have. That's correct. Yeah. So you've it's football championship week. It is. And you've seen every championship game at Ford Field. I have seen every championship and then, game. And then and then some. I've only this is the 23rd MAC championship game. And um, I've only missed two. Wow. Which were the first two, 1997, 1998 in Huntington, West Virginia. My first one was 1999. What was wrong with those two? I was working at the Alamo Bowl in San Antonio, mm. Texas at the time, but watching on television. Well, that's a fair that's a fair miss, I guess. What makes the championship game at Ford Field so special in your eyes? Well, I think for us, it's an ability to do an event for our student-athletes and our institutions that's truly a neutral site championship <clears throat> that allows them to come up, come up and play it and not have to worry about hosting it, not have to worry about uh, all the logistics that go around um, a normal home game. And in my early years here at the MAC, 99 through 2003, we were on campus sites. <clears throat> Excuse me. We were in Huntington, West Virginia a couple times, Toledo, Bowling Green. And Bowling Green was the last time we played on a campus in 03. And, and you know, there are, there are pluses and minuses to both. I think the biggest minus to a campus is just not knowing who's going to host uh, and the hurry-up-and-wait mentality of, okay, you don't know where you're going, you don't know where you're going, uh-oh, here we are, and you're a week out. And you're scrambling for hotels. And there's a, there's an, a built-in um, challenge from a sponsorship side because you want to brand the building based on your sponsorship opportunities, your title sponsor, uh, and, your, and your participating institutions. And it gets to be one-sided when you're on someone's home campus. Yeah, and I think you said it best. I mean, you have so much time to prepare. Right. I, I mean, right. obvi- obviously, when things come down to a week, it's, it's always a, a bull rush at the end. But you have so much time to prepare throughout the year and kind of know where you're going and stuff like that. What, what's your favorite part, I guess? What's, what makes it so easy about being at Ford Field? The staff, Ford Field, just, you know, when we when we went there in 2004, we were five years into the MAC tournament at then Gund Arena, then Quicken Loans Arena, now Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. Mm-hmm. So there's my institutional memory. Yeah, there it is. Um, <clears throat> and I never thought we'd find a, f- a venue or a staff that would be as great to work with as the folks at the Cavs. And um, the, Lions are, the Lions are phenomenal. They roll out the red carpet. They host us. They treat us uh, like our event is special. And, and that makes it easy because there's not this uh, feeling of they're helping you out by hosting this right. event. There's this true feeling of inclusion. There's, there's this feeling of we want you here. It's a partnership. Uh, and it's not a, hey, we've got other things to do. We'll get to you when we can get to you. Uh, and for me, the greatest thing is it's got a roof. Right. And especially, <laughs> <Yes. laughs> yeah. But I mean, it's especially in the middle of the football season. I mean, they're, Absolutely. they're right in the thick of things uh, as well. So it's really nice for them to, you know, host us and stuff. So. Eric and I have talked on here before about what our favorite part of championship week is. Uh-huh. What is your favorite part? Do you like the... Besides it being over? <laughs> <laughs> the leading up to it? Or do you like championship day? You know, that's a great question, Jeremy. It's different because we talk about, yeah. like, long yeah. tournaments. Right. And we're talking about one game with football. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And there's a, different, there's, a, there's a different vibe and rhythm to tournament week here in Cleveland because you're spreading it over yeah. right. five or six days. <clears throat> and the one-and-done mentality of, uh, of the MAC football championship game. You know, I would say, um, for me, the, um, uh, the lead-up to it and, and talking about all the different scenarios and heading into the last week of the season, sometimes the last day of the season, not really knowing who's playing in your game and trying to play the, um, the what-if scenarios, 
that that's that 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 kind of gives me an adrenaline rush. Yeah. I think once you get to championship week, um, it's dotting the I's and crossing the T's, and hopefully you've done your work in advance that you know that it's just basically okay, plug in team A, team B, and you go. Mm. Uh, but you know, not knowing what's going on the month of November, and you know everything revol- revolves around a certain result on a certain night. Uh, and like this year, we we could have. We could have had both teams wrapped up before Thanksgiving, but that didn't happen, and we were we were we were wait, we waited till the Friday after Thanksgiving to know who we had in at least on one side. Well, I'd be remiss, I think, not to talk about uh, the Bob Generally Command Center yes. that we're sitting in that yes. we're sitting in right now. We spend many a Saturdays up here, and uh, and like Tuesdays and Wednesdays, yeah, and Tuesdays and Wednesdays, like you said. And how did the, uh, how yeah, did the yeah. command center come about, and uh, what do we do here? Yeah, th- in your, thank in your you. Mind. I was trying. I was trying to figure out what, what my question about the command center was. I got just, well, <laughs> just King, you got the, you got to the right place yeah. in a roundabout yeah. way, but you got to the right place. Uh, I think the command center kind of was. We, we were we were all over the place, and <clears throat> Jeremy knows this because of his institutional memory. We were we were at games. We staffed two to three games a week during football season, and <clears throat> for me, I was always at a game every Saturday along with the commissioner, and we'd have a couple others out. And the challenge was, you're at one game for two or three quarters, then you're getting in a car and you're driving home, and you're trying to follow the other games. And I think with the with the proliferation of the digital piece for us, that every football game was produced and viewable in some way, shape, or form. Um, it made it easier for us to go down this road because notoriously I would get a call on the Ohio Turnpike coming home from someone saying, hey, did you see what happened at my, our game? Well, no. How <laughs> could I see what happened at your game? I'm in my car. So it really made this easier to, to, to make this idea a reality, mm-hmm. uh, and it's made life a lot easier over the last three years from a standpoint of being able to address – issues, whether they need to be addressed immediately on a Saturday or the following day, especially on Mondays when we're having conversations with our our facilities people on campus or our coordinator officials or head coaches and ADs. So uh, it's it's been a great asset from my standpoint because of the one-stop shopping and be able to sit in a room. And I know people think, wow, you get paid to watch football. Well, you know, it is great. There's no doubt about Mm -hmm. it. But we're not just watching football. We're, we're, we're literally working in a lot of different ways. For you guys, it's, uh, it's utilizing our social media platforms and what's happening on the fields across sometimes 12 games in a non-conference Saturday. Uh, for, for me and others, it's about what officiating issues did we have? What facility issues did we have? What e- weather issues did we have? Did a kid get ejected from a game? If he did, when did it happen? What did he get ejected for? So there's a lot that goes into it. There are long days, but... I'd rather be in the command center, being able to monitor six games at one time, than have to worry yeah. about trying to recreate something that happened in the game in a conversation while I'm trying to look for a Starbucks on the Ohio <laughs> Turnpike. Yeah, I, when I used to do the social media tour, I'd be at one campus, right? And you would miss so much. You'd be at yeah. you what you thought might be the best game, but in this conference, everyone knows always like it could be every game. Every game could be decided within three, seven points, whatever. And so this command center now, I, I know much more of what's going on in the league. Oh, yeah. Being able to be sitting here throughout the year, and it's helped with social media um, throughout the year. So, yeah, it's we, we got to get your name on the door. And well, I know. It's about time. I told the commissioner that one well, that, that, would be, that would be a nice retirement gift if I ever retire. <laughs> put my name on if the you door. ever do. If I ever do. But, yeah, it was, it was kind of a 
you know, we talked about it for several years and, um, you know, something like this, a venture like this isn't cheap, but I think it's, it's, we've had a, I think we've had a huge return on investment in a lot of ways. Well, yeah. you also have a huge role in our, our ESPN deal. Uh, what, what has that done to kind of change the landscape of not only, you know, following the conference socially, but also in your eyes? You know, it's, it's, it's given us the ability to do a lot of things from a branding and exposure standpoint <clears throat> that we never could, not only in the sport of football, but across everything we do. Uh, our men's and women's basketball now, we have so many more uh, opportunities to promote our product through the school productions on ESPN Plus or 3, and our Olympic sports. Um, you know, we've had our baseball tournament now on ESPN Plus or 3 the last mm -hmm. several years. Um, <clears throat> we just had um, volleyball on ESPN Plus, and that's been like four straight years now that it's been produced for a digital ESPN platform. Uh, we've had men's soccer. Uh, we've had um, swimming and diving. We've had um, uh, wrestling. So I think it's just broadened the scope of how we can promote this conference across all 23 potentially of the sports we sponsor and, um, and, and gives the opportunity for the parents out there who have kids who are student athletes in sports that don't get the day-to-day -day recognition that a football or a men's and women's basketball gets, that now they have the ability to watch their sons or daughters compete yeah. um, and not have to figure out how to get to the venue to do that. Yeah, I've always talked, we talked on here, we talked within the office that you could be anywhere. You know, I have two little ones. I have a lot going yeah, on. Right. I'm moving around to be able to take out your phone and be able to watch something. Absolutely. I get in trouble no, for it. Well, it's perfect. I, I mean, anytime Jeremy texts me and says, hey, I, I need this, it's easy to just go get it. I mean, right. it's not. I yeah. do that a lot? Yes. Well, we, we all do that a lot. Yeah, <laughs> I need this. No, no it, it has been good. And, and now, uh, especially on the Apple TV, you're able to watch four games at once. Yep. Uh, you're able to keep your pulse on everything going on in the conference and outside the conference. It's, it's been a great platform. Uh, I love ESPN+. Plus. I know a lot of people when it came out were, oh, man, I got to pay for this. It's so <laughs> it's so worth it, and I don't know. It, it, it You know, again, it's 50 bucks a year. <clears throat> yeah. the, the ability to, to access the content you can access across so many different sports is amazing. And the reality for us is, you know, when we did this deal in 2014, the expanded deal, um, you know, when, when, when the commissioner signed it, he looked at me like had this, you know, look of relief in his eyes saying, okay, that's done. I go, no, no. I said, it's just <laughs> starting. You've, you've signed it. Now we have to live it. And, and we live that deal every day. Um, and sometimes it's, it's got, it's, it's got its huge benefits that we just talked about. And there are challenges to living the agreement as well, that <clears throat> it's a, that contracts, a living, breathing document yeah. that, 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 you know, every day there's something new that pops, but I think as a whole, Forget the financial side because that's a given that that helps us on our campuses uh, day to day uh, with it, w which is part of a, a, a year in distribution to our campuses. But just the ability to promote what we're doing every day and, and get your message out there. Um, and it's easily accessible. It's not something that just, you know, you've got to really search to find. We talk about social media a bunch. Uh, we see a lot of comments throughout the year. <laughs> Bob handles uh, our scheduling for the football. What's <laughs> one huge misconception about football scheduling in the MAC? Ooh. Oh, that's a great one. Um, I think the biggest thing that I don't think people understand about the scheduling process is that we play two-thirds of our schedules on Saturdays when the weather's good. There, this, you know, us playing midweek football in November, which is 
our opportunity to shine as far as a national TV platform because we're, we're not going to get those opportunities on a Saturday in November. We're just not. Um, and the few opportunities we get in September and October, the ratings show that you're just one of gosh knows how many games that happen on a Saturday that are televised either linear on a linear platform or digitally. So I think the November schedule is huge for us from a standpoint of branding and exposure. It's no school can pl- no school can host more than two midweek home games. So again, if you're playing a six game home schedule and you play two midweek games, two thirds of your schedule is still on Saturdays in September and October. When you know, again, I grew up in Texas, but I know geography. Weather in the Midwest in November is challenging. It doesn't yes. matter what day of the week it is, sure. and it's a little more palatable in September and October. Uh, so. I think there are so many parameters that go into what we do and how we schedule. People don't understand that there, 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 there are so many checks and balances when you put together that football schedule that revolve around the midweek uh, and short weeks and number of home games you can play the month of November um, and Saturday, Thursday turnarounds if you have something like that. Um, and I think the other thing that frustrates the living daylights out of me is the comments that, well, why are you playing on Tuesday and Wednesday? It's always cold and raining or snowing. And – I, I I look at Saturdays in November, and you know what? It's not 70 and sunny on Saturday in November, so. No. Yeah, it's, uh, by the way, do you do you have next year's schedule ready? Yeah. I so, <laughs> we thought we might re- release it right now <laughs> before the championship I, game I, this I, year. I wish I could, and that's another part of it, too, is that each of our schools get the ability to, design, or to request a protected date, home or away, that we try to work into that. So they can, whether it's a get out in front with their alumni association or cross campus for homecoming, or, hey, it's fall break. We're not going to have any students. I want to be on the road. So is it essentially like a, a trial and error oh, yeah. type of thing? Like how, oh, yeah. how long, I guess, does that take, take you? I start the process probably in late September, and we release it in late February. Mm-hmm. And All right. Well, and half and the year then. Yeah, <laughs> Got so it. it's it's uh, – it's, <laughs> It's like giving birth. <laughs> <laughs> that that I wouldn't. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what that's like, but yeah. Well, I don't either. <laughs> but I, w- you know, I'm married. I have a daughter, so I'm, I I I've lived that process with my my significant other. So it's very similar. There's a there's a gestation period, and there's a there's a you know. Then you're like, oh, are we close? Uh, no, not really. F- false labor, but yeah. No, we see you go through it every year, and uh, I couldn't imagine it. You know, I think people, there's 12 schools you have to deal with. There's the dates like you talked about. There's so much that goes into it. And I think people just think, oh, you just throw out a schedule and it's just, it's out there. And it's, there's so much that goes into it, like you said. I think people just think you put it all on a computer and it spits it out. And part of that, part of that thought process is, is accurate in that we do put it into a a computer to get, to get certain variations of a schedule. But then at the end of the day, a lot of the midweek stuff is done um, sort of like um, a chess game mm-hmm. manually, and then it's in, in consultation with your TV partner. Yeah, Bob, how long have you worked in college athletics? I don't want to shortchange you. Uh, let's see. My first year in college athletics was 1977-78 as a student assistant at the University of Texas. So what's that, 42, 43 years? Okay. All right. Well, well I, I guess I, we want to hear some stories. Well, I mean, when I when I volunteered to work as a student assistant at the University of Texas in fall of 1977, I just thought it would be fun, and I get my feet wet and get to know some things. And 
I, you know, I, I came in on the ground floor of something special. That was 1977, University of Texas finished the season ranked number one, had a Heisman Trophy winner, and played Notre Dame in the Cotton Bowl for a national championship. Cool. So that was a good way to start off a career. Yeah, I dropped liked, into the fire. I, yeah. I liked it a lot. So, um, and it just kind of, you know, what your appetite for what was out there. But, you know, I'm 20. This is now 27 years in conference work, uh, 21 years at the MAC. I was six years at the Southwest Conference under – Legendary MAC commissioner Fred Jacoby, who we have an award named after him. That's a very prestigious one in our league, the Jacoby Cup, for our all sports women's champion. And um, Fred was uh, extremely influ- influential in my career. And um, this was his league, and it's and it's really it's really special for me because because to do, to do the things I do every day in the MAC, and having spent six years around Fred at the Southwest Conference and talk how he talks so affectionately about the MAC and what it meant to him, uh, to be able to do the things we're we're doing right now. Uh, I know, you know, he's since passed, but I know that he's looking down and smiling on the things we're doing here that make this league better. Speaking of stories and history and whatnot, with the championship game coming up, do you have a championship memory at Ford Field, your top memory, or top game, <laughs> or just something that went on when we put on the championship? I would say probably of the, um, since 04, so what is this, game 17? I think that's right, 17 or 18. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> probably two. Um, the 2012 game, yeah. Northern Illinois, Kent State, both come in the game ranked at top 25. Uh, the winner is playing for a BCS slot in, in, the, um, in the Orange Bowl uh, at double overtime. Uh, the only championship game in our 22 years that's gone to overtime. That was special. Um, and probably the other one that I remember distinctly is um, – 2005, Akron. <laughs> that was your intern year, wasn't it? Uh, or no, first oh, year wow. as a full-timer. First full, full-time year, yeah. And uh, Akron. So long ago. Yes, it was long ago. <laughs> Akron, uh, he had hair then. Uh, <laughs> Barely. <laughs> Akron. The horseshoe. I mean, while well, Jeremy was involved in the, in the process, I mean, Akron had to have like 12 things happen for them to win the East because we had like a four-way yeah. tie in the East at five and three. And it happened. And they clinched it on wow. Thanksgiving morning against Kent State <laughs> in the Rubber Bowl at 10 a.m. on ESPNU in a snowstorm. Wow. And then they go to they go to Detroit playing Northern Illinois. Uh, Northern Illinois had a pretty good team. Garrett Wolf was on that team. Um, pretty good little running back and um, went on to a decent NFL career. And they came in heavy favorites and had a 14-point had a lead with probably six, eight minutes to play. And Akron came back to tie it and won it on a touchdown pass as time expired. Yeah. Um, so those are probably the two memories uh, that that pop Do out. Do you remember who most. caught that touchdown pass? Dominic Hicks. Oh. Wow. CFH. Yep. CFH. Yeah. He he went on to play for. I, my d- I knew that one too. <laughs> he went That's on. Yes. Right. He he split, assistant he, CFH. He beat he beat the he beat the corner and the safety was late on the deep help and um, yep. and he played for my football Giants for a little that's while. That's true. That's well, true. Do you have a favorite player that's come out of the MAC that you you know? God, it's been admire? it's been so much fun to watch the players that come out of this league. This league is so underrated from a standpoint of, of what it, the talent on the field and, and, and next level. I mean, you know, in 21 years, having been able to watch a, a Roethlisberger, uh, a Chad Pennington, a Byron Leftwich, a, a Garrett Wolf, a Michael Turner, um, um, Jordan Lynch. Um, it's just the, the, the players that have come out of this league have been so good and, and consistently Antonio Brown, um, you know, and, and 
you know, it, on and on and on. It's it's just this league is special because these kids. And for me, the probably the most crowning moment for is watching us have a number one pick in the NFL draft yeah. in in 2013 and Eric Fisher yep. from uh, Central Michigan, and and then watching you know the year where we had I forget what year it was we had two number one picks. It was um, when Jason Babin from um, Western went, and oh, yeah, also that was, uh, was that the year that Roethlisberger or Leftwich went in the first round with him? That was before my time here. But we had so two first round picks yeah. for the first time yeah. ever, and then seeing a Khalil Mack go at number five yep. and become the dominant defensive player he's become in the NFL. Yep. Um, and just to watch, we had a string of quarterbacks there for a while that kind of were all over the NFL. You know, Roethlisberger, Leftwich, um, Charlie Batch, Pennington, uh, Pennington. Yep. Um, uh, Bruce Gradkowski, Charlie yeah. Fry, Charlie Fry, yeah. uh, who's a very good offensive coordinator, will be back in the championship game yep. this Saturday yep. as Central Michigan's offensive coordinator. And, comes uh, full circle. Comes full <laughs> circle. So this league has been a lot of fun to watch and the level of talent that that we've seen. And um, the other thing for me now is is I've been here so long. I'm now dealing with coaches who I watched play in this league. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think uh, – do you have a favorite champion? You haven't been a part of a lot of championships. I guess what, what do you mean? Just foot, football championship yeah. moments? Uh, I mean, last year was pretty incredible. Last year was a good game. Uh, yeah. Last yeah. year was a very good game. Yeah, like you said, I've only been here for three years. So yeah, I, I don't want to put a stamp on, on what I think is the best one when I've only seen yeah, four or five. Last, so. last year was a good game. Yeah. 2012, by far, uh, that was incredible. Yeah. yeah. With that everything was that was on the line, two ranked teams – well, the way it went down, that was that was insane. Well, <laughs> you know, Jordan Lynch in the year he had, he was a Heisman yeah. finalist, and then just Kent State was such a great story. Yeah, I mean, they came out of nowhere to not only win their division, but they went they they only had one law two losses. Yeah, and uh, they beat a ranked Rutgers team that year on the road, uh, and it was they were just a great story. Yeah, Dre Archer. Yeah. Oh like, wow. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, exactly. He's, he's the man. I, yeah, I remember him. He's the man. The, the last question, at least, that I have, yeah. uh, another thing that you do is handle in, uh, at the forefront of our bowl games. Yep. Talk about just that process and what goes into the process. Yeah, uh, we, see, yeah we can see it on the board right yes. now. We have some it's bowl pretty games pretty in-depth. That's, that's no, no spoiler alert. Yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> no that's, that's, the, that's um, you know, stream of consciousness as I'm sitting here <laughs> watching football games on a Friday after, after Thanksgiving. Um, it's probably too much turkey. Um, but again, it's ev- the evolution that I've seen in our in our postseason access is is another thing that's been really uh, special. Um, when I got here, we had one game. We had the old Motor City Bowl in the Silver Dome in De- in Pontiac, Michigan, and that was it. In my first year here, we had Marshall ranked number ten in the country, eleven and zero, playing in our championship game, and Western Michigan's beating them twenty three nothing at the half, and. Motor City Bowl is going to take Western Michigan if they win because <laughs> Kalamazoo's yeah. two and a half hours from Pontiac. And we got no place to put a team that potentially is 11 and 1 and ranked in the top 25 in the country. And now we have this year five primaries with a backup agreements uh, in Detroit at the Quick Lane Bowl, which has kind of been the next iteration of Motor City Bowl. And the. Um, and with ESPN events, so in uh, the next year, starting in the next cycle, we have six guaranteed games. So having the ability to do things like that and, and have multiple opportunities in the postseason is 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 hugely um, positive for the for the conference as a whole to promote your football, but also makes our job easier when you have a lightning in a bottle season that a team that doesn't have to sit at home that shouldn't sit at home. Um, this year, it's becoming more challenging because we've got eight bowl eligible yeah. teams and. 
Unfortunately, when access increases, everybody thinks, okay, I'm going as soon as I'm bowl eligible. So that's the, that's the challenge in managing <coughs> expectations of access. And then if you do have access, where are you going? Because right. everybody has the wish list, and the top of the list is the Bahamas. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and they all want to line up to go to the Bahamas. Um, but we can only send one team to the Bahamas. This year it's Buffalo. But I think having multiple opportunities in the postseason allows us to do some things that we couldn't do. 2003, again, the historian piece of me coming out. Mm-hmm. We, we only had two games in 2003, Mobile and Detroit. And we had a 10-2 and two Northern Illinois team that beat Alabama, Iowa State, and Maryland in, the, in their non-conference. But they finished second in the West, sit at home. Yeah, ten and two. It's crazy. And and this year we're going to have multiple six and six teams go to bowl games. Yeah, along with our teams with seven wins or better. So that's what postseason access and the ex- and the expansion of that has done for us and and for MAC football. Yeah, I think uh, I mean the Cotton Bowl. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I mean, yeah, absolutely. everything that we've done that was that was one of the Orange Bowl, Cotton Bowl. I mean, having yeah. access like that is huge because that's rarefied air. Those are stages that. None of our institutions at some at, at, at any given time thought they would ever be able to have access to. Another historian question, not yes. necessarily working here, but what was your favorite bowl game you've ever been a part of? Oh, that's easy. The 2006 Rose Bowl when Texas beat USC. <laughs> I mean, that's uh, that, yeah, t- yeah. I thought I'd let you talk about it. I already yeah. knew the answer before it's, I asked it's, it. But. It's still the greatest college football game I've ever seen, and some people argue maybe it's the greatest college football game ever. But to just sit in the Rose Bowl, and, and again, you know, you grow up in Texas, and you always wondered, well, why is the Big Ten so fascinated with the Rose Bowl? What's so special about it? You know what? Until you go, you don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's the venue, the setting, everything about it is so special. Uh, and then when you get in there and just, it's iconic. And um, so now I see why the Big Ten embraces it so much. Uh, their fans, their schools. Um, and uh, it, was, it was a great three days out there and winning the game the way Texas did and um, and beating USC, um, who, you know, nobody gave Texas a chance to win the game because mm-hmm. SC was on that 35-game winning streak. Leinert, yeah. Leinert had won the Heisman the year before. Bush had won the Heisman that year. You know, it was kind of like, oh, we're, we got to play the game because we have to play the game. Yeah. So that was truly, truly my, for me, my, um, you know, my, um, my greatest college football game that I've seen. And then, you know, f- probably right after that, even in a loss, was the 1978 Cotton Bowl, Texas and uh, – Texas and uh, Notre Dame because Earl Campbell yeah. won a Heisman and we got our butt kicked by pretty good Notre Dame team, 38-10. They had a pretty good quarterback named Joe Montana. <laughs> so it was fun to watch him. He turned out to be all right. Yeah. He turned out he's to be pretty right. good. He's I think he's, right. in, think he's in the Hall of Fame. He's got a few rings. Yeah. <laughs> well, we, uh, we're gearing up for Saturday. We, uh, we have a lot going on, but we have a um, championship game coming. Ford Field, Central Michigan against Miami at uh, – on Saturday at noon on ESPN two. Yep. Uh, you'll be heading up there tomorrow. 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 Yeah, he's early bird gets, gets the worm. As they tomorrow, because we got it. We got all the stuff that goes in the pre-planning. Because I think that's the other misconception. People just think you show up and you play the game, and we just thought you go early to line the field. That's it. Yeah. That's it. I'm, I'm, I'm up there <laughs> lining the, the field, field yourself. Painting the field. Someone's um, got to. <laughs> hey, somebody's got to do it. You know. I, and honestly, scary thing is, I've done it before. So. <laughs> yeah. But luckily, I'm not doing it up there. <laughs> well, uh, thank you again for your time with us today, and and shedding some light on everything that goes on in your world and preparing for bowl games and scheduling and a championship game and everything. And 
We're ready for a good one on Saturday. Uh, I'm ready for it too. But you guys have a you guys have a few busy busy things going on before you head up we there do. with because uh, I mean for us it's great we're hosting an NCAA first and second round. So when you yes. guys are in the middle of that and we got NCA people in town the next couple of days, so they're keeping you busy. So I appreciate everything you guys do, and um, hopefully we see you and. Hopefully you're not too tired when you get to Detroit on Friday. Uh, no, nah, we'll be we'll be ready to go for we'll sure. Be ready to go. We are we're born ready. Yep. I like, <laughs> right. That's what I like to hear. Thanks, right. Bob. Thanks, All Bob. All right, thank you. We want to thank Bob Generelli once again for coming on the podcast today. We know he's a busy man, so we uh, appreciate him taking the time with us. He's good. He's good stories. Uh, I'm glad he shed some light on the scheduling process. I was going to say, I feel like we barely even scratched the surface oh, of, yeah. of the stories that uh, that man has. So we'll, we'll bring Bob back on for sure. It's a, it's a busy week and glad to get him on as we uh, have our beginning coverage of this weekend's uh, football championship yes, game. Yes, and, and as you mentioned, we will be heading down there uh, Friday morning to yeah. uh, you know catch some interviews, and, and hopefully some more content for you guys as we prepare for this uh, 2019 MAC football championship uh, there at Ford Field. Um, and we look forward to seeing you guys down there. Hopefully, if you if you guys see us down there, uh, feel free to say hi. Yeah, and don't forget, again, follow our official MAC Twitter account at MAC Sports. Follow this show's account at Call to MACTION. And hit that subscribe button yep. on, on Apple. Can you subscribe on Spotify? I don't know. I think you can. I'm not a Spotify guy. No, you definitely can. Well, subscribe wherever you listen to the podcast. Yep. Uh, right now, it is Spotify and Apple. Yep. We are on SoundCloud as well for, for people that use SoundCloud. So, again, uh, appreciate you listening and get some action. Get some action.